we want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Open to anything you have for us today, Jesus. Whatever you have for me, whatever you want to speak to me, God, I'm open. I would definitely admit that I don't got it all figured out yet. Anyone else in that boat with me? I'm, I'm 36 tomorrow. Just kidding. I'm 47. And I still don't, I just don't feel like I have hardly anything figured out with God. I definitely know I want more of a, a, a deeper relationship with Him. I definitely know I need more strength to do the day-to-day. I definitely know what Jesus' disciples felt like when He was leaving earth and they were terrified. Like, what do we do? How do we make it? Are they going to crucify us too? I'm going to go in a room. I'm going to lock myself in. And I'm going to uh, pray that you come back. That's what his disciples did. And then he said, no, I have to go away. But it's good because the Spirit's going to come. He's going to come and he's going to help you. He's going to be with you. He's going to come alongside you. Put up that, that graphic filled usually you don't put a year behind that but I wanted to I wanted to proclaim declare prophetically that the year 2021 would be we would be filled we would not be empty we don't want to call it empty 2021 because if you only knew how 2020 was, I have good excuse to be empty. So empty, who wants to be empty? 2021, we're in January still. And I hope the rest of the year is empty. I just don't ever have more of God. I wish I had less of God. No, we always want to be filled. The Bible talks about all kinds of Uh, explains the Holy Spirit in many different ways, many different phrases. He says, be full of, be filled with. The Holy Spirit came upon people. The Holy Spirit baptized. The Holy Spirit uh, is in you. Paul was led by the Holy Spirit. Paul was guided by the Holy Spirit. But in all of the instances, through a decade, probably Acts was a decade's worth of like highlights the greatest hits of of the church when it first began, about 10 years worth. In all of it, what was was, um, in common was that they were filled. They were filled. This picture shows a um, half filled. And maybe it should be all the way filled. It would be blue, all blue. (laughs) I like to talk this way. You're like, what are you... You're just talking about a graphic, but you know, if it was all blue, you wouldn't see that there's water in there. And it's not, the Holy Spirit isn't water. He's not, but he is, uh, we use that as like a metaphor, filled. It doesn't use it uh, very often in the Old Testament. The way it says it in the Old Testament, if it talks about the Holy Spirit that way, is anointed, and that was oil. 
that if someone was a leader, then they appointed them, they anointed them, they literally poured oil all over them. And then they were soaked. They were kind of baptized symbolically with the oil. And I think Paul was taking from the Old Testament when he said filled or whatever the word was he used there. I think he was using kind of that that uh, kind of thought process that anointed and now we're filled. We need to be, we need the anointing. You need it in your life. Every place that you don't make it uh, with God, it's because we need a little bit more of his oil in our lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul, the apostle. Do you have a thorn in your flesh too? Probably we all do. See, I'm just, I'm in a good mood today. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I love Jesus, and I want all of us to love Jesus as much as I do. I hope you do. I'm not saying self-righteously, be like me and love Jesus. I'm saying it's good when, it's not good when you feel empty, and it is good when you feel filled. It is. It feels, it feels better. And hopefully I'll shed some light on this or, or at least shed, shed some questions in your life about what you think about the Holy Spirit. If you feel like um, I'm too loud, my brother, just feel free to turn me down if you feel like it's sounding. Because I feel loud up here, but maybe it's not loud up there. So he's like, just go on and pre preach. I, I'm listening. All right. Last week we, had a found, we laid a foundation to talk about the Holy Spirit, right? Um, sis, can you fix that? Uh, because when I go up like this, I, oh, actually, my head is there. Never mind. I thought I couldn't see my head, but I can. My head is there. I, I'm in my right mind, apparently. Last week, we laid a foundation to talk about the Holy Spirit. Today, we, we want to begin a series called Filled, because we simply cannot live without having more of Jesus in our life. The Bible calls Jesus the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. We're not seeking more of something weird. We're just seeking more of Jesus, more of God, more of the Spirit, the, tri the triunity, the trinity. I will do a class on that later, and I hope no one shows up because I can't explain it to you. Maybe Brother Joe could, could shed some light on it. We established how important the Holy Spirit is to a believer's life. The Spirit helped create the heavens and the earth. We talked about the, the Spirit uh, of God came upon Samson, who was not even that great of a guy. He was actually a bad guy, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're mature, that the Holy Spirit comes on you because it's a gift. So he came on Samson, and in the Old Testament, he kind of came on and then he kind of disappeared from people. And then when Acts 2 happened, he fell and he stayed on people. But Samson, he was with him. He helped him do some pretty... Uh, amazing stuff that should be in a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. He was moving on Saul, the, the mean king that sometimes was a good king, as, as long as David played the harp and the Holy Spirit moved on his harp, he was anointed and he made Saul feel better, right? He gave Joseph power to like um, interpret dreams. That wasn't, Joseph wasn't a superman on his own. He had the spirit on him. He helped him interpret dreams. He helped him rule. He helped Gideon win fights that he shouldn't have won. He helped conceive Jesus in Mary's womb. 
and he helped Jesus raise from the tomb. Didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it sounded good. He, the, um, the Holy Spirit was the part of God that drew Shelley to Jesus in the first place. The part of God that the, way, the reason Jeff is a Christian today is not because, yeah, he is a really sweet guy, but he couldn't have done it without the Holy Spirit drawing him to himself. The Hebrew, I told you, for the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was ruach, which meant amongst other things because it meant many different things. Um, did it just start doing that? It's all right. That's not your problem. It's, it's, it's. Did you do something or no? Okay, we're good. The Holy Spirit for the whole, uh, was the word ruach. It meant amongst other things, breath, life, wind, meaning that the Holy Spirit literally sustains us and animates all things. Maybe um, my brother Jordan, he could check the internet on it. Just check the internet, make sure that the Wi-Fi is the right. Um, the Holy Spirit literally sustains and animates us, the, the Old Testament shows us. He's not in all things, but he's the force behind all things. He's a part of the wind, our breath, our minds, our hearts, which says to you and I today, the Holy Spirit, listen, is much more familiar than you realize in your life. He's, 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 he's with us, and we don't even realize it. In our English language, we don't understand that the more open we are, the more we closer to the Holy Spirit, the more we act like Christ. We shared uh, many scriptures last week, and I'm not going to share them today, but Jesus promised the Holy Spirit many times, but mainly in John 14. And then the Holy Spirit did come in Acts chapter 2. And this is what the Holy Spirit is to us uh, according to the New Testament. He is our paraclete. The word parakletos, which means he's our advocate. He's our supporter when we feel alone. He's our uh, protector when we feel unsafe. He teaches you when you don't understand, when you're trying to read the Bible and it doesn't make sense to you, and you've heard the scripture that says, oh, the Bible is like, um, like life to us. The Bible is living and active. The Bible, if you don't let the Holy Spirit teach you because it's the teacher when you read it it's just a book but the holy spirit teaches us how perfect that the holy spirit is the teacher when he was the same one that inspired the people that actually wrote it to say what they said so he we, who would be better to teach us have you ever been reading the bible oh man this could be like the longest sermon in history so i'm just gonna have to cut it off at some point but have you ever read the bible and it meant nothing to you. And then all of a sudden, in just the perfect time, the perfect atmosphere, you thought it was the lighting, the music in the background. I put on Spontaneous Worship by Bethel. I listened. And it just helps me to read the Bible. And then all of a sudden, something comes out in the Bible that you feel like nobody else knows in the whole world but you. You just discovered it. If you've never been there with this, with the Bible, it's because you haven't let the Holy Spirit be your teacher, but you probably have, and then you want to write it down. As a kid, I wrote, I have a, a, a box of journals about from here to here, one of those big plastic boxes about this high, 
full of journals that I just wrote stuff down that I felt like, oh, I've never heard this before. It was because the Spirit teaches us. He also convicts us, right? I don't like that part of the Holy Spirit so much. Sometimes um, um, Reagan will tell me, I, I won't get her in trouble. I'll just be very vague. But if she does something that she feels like is wrong, she's like, how come I feel so convicted? And I say, because the Holy Spirit is with you. The less, the, Holy, the less you feel convicted, the more you need to think I'm in trouble because you've not let the Holy Spirit in close to you and he'll start convicting you about things that you are like, I, I, don't, I shouldn't have to be convicted by this. It's not that bad. God, come on. But the Holy Spirit will do that to you. And then when you're feeling beat down, he'll be your counselor. I know this is review, but it's good. I'm reviewing it for myself. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are my counselor too. Yes, we might need therapy, and yes, we might need a counselor on earth, but the big C counselor is always there for us. When you feel discouraged, when you feel like no one cares, when you feel like you're not good enough, when you feel like the world is ending, you can go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Can you help me? I worship you. And for me, I pray in my spiritual language, which we'll talk about that one week, the gift of tongues that some people have received, not because they're more mature, but just because they just received the gift. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today even. But I'll say, I'll just start speaking in tongues, and I feel better. And I don't even know what I said, but God knows what I said, and the Spirit counsels me. The Bible even says that he prays for me. He's my, he prays it on my behalf. And if you ever felt like you were a bad prayer, like you, I'm not good at praying. The Holy Spirit can pray for you. So why don't we experience this in our life all the time? That is the trillion-dollar question. Why don't I experience what I experience at this concert where they're worshiping and it's just amazing, God's presence is there? Why do I not experience this in my life every day? Well, let me tell you, I don't know. I'm going to give you some thoughts, though, about that. Who wants more to experience more of God in your life every day? Anybody? At least three of you, everyone, just raise your hand or I'll just keep, I'll just stay. Everybody say, yeah, I do. Even Peter, raise your hand. You have to, okay. Me and him are the same, but I told him that if a preacher tells me to do something, I'm not going to do it. I'm, like, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to, and um, God put a Peter in my church so that he would do the same. When I tell you to raise your no, I'm just kidding. Why don't we experience this? Well, here's some ideas. And I talked about these last week. Why spirit-less life versus spirit-filled life. We're uninterested. We're more interested in the Kansas Jayhawks. I'm preaching to this guy. Not anymore. I used to be interested in them. I'm not anymore. They're terrible. There's no reason to be interested in them. I'm uninterested. You're uninterested in the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's because you're resistant I don't want this weird stuff in my life. I don't know about this. I think this was for the first church or the first church only. The Holy Spirit's not for me, even though Jesus promised it to me. It's not for me. You're resistant. You're too busy. Yes, that's probably us. We're too busy. We don't even, yes, we want more of you, God, but we're just so darn busy. 
Isn't that it? Isn't that just something? But the biggest reason, in my opinion, that we allow the enemy to lull us to sleep. That's why we're not uh, full of the Holy Spirit. He knows that in America, he can't get us with witchcraft. He can't get us with um, this or that that he uses in other countries. He knows that if I can just, because they're, they're too smart, they're too, if I can just trick them into realizing it's not important. It's not important. God is not important. Be casual about him. Be comfortable. Sleep. Sleeping giants sleep so that you don't awake because if you awake, I'm in big trouble. Stay asleep. That's, I think that's one of his greatest tactics that causes us to instead settle for, imagine that I have a spray bottle, right? Spraying water. And I want more of the Holy Spirit and I, ah, that feels good. I can go on another month with this little, but you can't go on with just a spray bottle. You got to be dunked. You got to get the haul of that the Holy Spirit's got for you in your life. And I don't say that out of my own words. The Bible says you got to be dunked. you got to be baptized in it. The word baptized, the Greek word, if we read it in Greek, it would say you have to be soaked in the Holy Spirit. You have to be just as, just as like you would be baptized in water. You need that in your life of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Look at some scriptures. Stay with me, everyone. We'll be out of here at the normal time. If you just stay with me and agree, say amen. Amen. All those online, they're hearing this by the Spirit. Everything works good online when um, before service and then right when the Spirit. It's almost like the devil doesn't want them to hear it. We'll blame it on the devil. Blame the internet on the devil. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm not. I, I'm not making light of it. But um, I, I could see that. I could see he wouldn't want that. But the Greek word baptizo means to fully immerse us. John the Baptist said, Matthew chapter three, verse eleven. All kinds of scriptures we're going to go through. I baptize you with water for repentance. That guy with the long hair and ate honey, wild honey, and and. He ate locusts, which was weird. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance. He was down to the Jordan put, dunking people in the water. Do you want Jesus in your life? Do you repent? Yes, I repent. Let's get rid of the old life. Let's come out new. It wasn't like a physical thing that happened. It was something spiritual, but it was symbolized by baptizing. So people were getting dumped in the water and coming up out of the water. But he says, after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus will baptize you with fire. And then Jesus commands this baptism. Jesus doesn't say, if you want it, take it. If you don't, you don't have to. Just live. Um, you can skip it if you... No, he's, he commands his disciples. Yes, you've been with me every day. Yes, you've seen me heal people. And at times, I even gave you power or authority to cast out demons and things like that. You weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, but I gave you that power for a time. But now that I'm leaving, he says this. On one occasion, verse... 4 through 5 of Acts 1. While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. If you, if you think this sounds like a, um, 
suggestion, you're wrong. Because he says he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, this is Jesus speaking to them, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then about three verses later, Acts 1, 8, Jesus says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you so that you can be my witnesses. Because people in fair play need Jesus. People in Fountain need Jesus. People in Colorado need Jesus. That's what he says. In all of the surrounding areas, you need this. You say, well, I'm never going to be a missionary. Well, he's, he also mentions your own hometown too, okay? We, he it gives you power to witness. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, listen, you see miraculous things. Try to stay with me. I got a sentence I want to get out here. The Bible is clear that after Jesus was baptized in water, that the Holy Spirit came upon him too. And from that time, Jesus ministered, Jesus healed, Jesus casted out demons, and it was all through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on him like a dove. I don't know if it was a literal dove that came, but the Holy Spirit came on him. Hadn't come upon anyone else like this yet, but it came on Jesus. And then um, Jesus declared... In John 14, 12, which is not on the screen, but here, this is the scripture. All the things I did when the Holy Spirit came upon me, you will do them too. John 14, 12. But you will also do greater things than that through the power of the Holy Spirit. I know it's a lot of download, a lot of facts, a lot of, like, some of it is just, most of it's probably review for all of you, but you need to understand God said greater that we would do. So when Jesus left, the spirit did fall upon his disciples and he fell all through the book of Acts on many different people. And the, that, that's what we read about in Acts. That's what I talked about, the greatest hits of Acts over a decade where they're showing all the things the Holy Spirit did through people when they were filled with him to carry out the ministry of Jesus on this earth. But one of the most powerful ways the Bible describes being filled with the Holy Spirit was in the phrase baptized. John the Baptist said it, Jesus said it, Paul said it. In fact, it's found 70 times in the New Testament that we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here's the greatest one, and we're going to show you this. Acts 2. You've read this before, 2 through 4. This is, a, this is a, uh, the very first time the Holy Spirit fell like this on people. Suddenly, like a, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where these guys were sitting. They had been staying there. They had been waiting on Jesus to baptize them. Jesus left the earth. They were praying. Jesus told them, wait, 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 it'll come. Then they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Don't get caught up in, well, how, what do you mean tongues of fire? And as a kid, I pictured this, and for a while, it kind of just threw me off. Just remember that this was a supernatural experience that happened. There was something like fire that sat on them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
a good question to ask yourself at this point. Everyone's still with me. Everybody smile. Everybody smile. A good question to ask ourselves at this point. If I was sitting across this table from you at Chick-fil-A, which you can't do, but if you could, remember the days I used to go to Chick-fil-A and um, talk to people and I could be open and we could talk and we could eat our fries and it was much easier than sitting in our car talking. It just is not the same. And then you could go up and get more ketchup if you needed it. You can go up and get more sauces, more napkins, but not anymore. You can't do that. You sit in your car, you drive away, you decide you need another ketchup. You either eat the fries without ketchup or you go back. You risk, you risk who knows what talking to a real person and they come to your car and you say, can I get some more ketchup? And they say, oh, sure, my pleasure. It's just a big hassle because then they bring it and then you start to leave and then you take a bite and you realize you need salt on your french fries so you have to go back. It's just not the same. But imagine if we were sitting at a table together and we were talking. I would say to you maybe at this point, here's a good question. Are you filled? Am I filled? Are you full of? Am I full of? Yeah, I know I'm full of something. Are you full? Have you been immersed? Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? If I was to sit there, eat my fry and ask you that, what would you say back? Let me get back to you. I'm going to go get some more sweet tea, and then I'll come back and tell you. What would, what would you say at that point? Am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Am I baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have I been immersed in him. Have I just been completely immersed in him? The answer to that for some is yes, maybe, I'm not sure. Nobody ever explained it to me. I don't know what you, the way you would say it. But the truth is, nobody really explains it. I wish pastors were smarter. Who's the pastor of this church? I mean, come on. Who is he? No, about every year we go back to this. But it's probably worth talking about every week of the year, because it's not like a um, theology on angels. Like angels are important, but you could probably live without knowing everything about angels. It's not a theology on hell, even. Hell is important to know everything about, but it's not like, okay, tell me, I, I only have a few days left. What do I really, really, really need to know? What's essential? Because Supposedly, the church is essential now. So I come to church, and, and I need to know what's essential. What's the only thing, if there was only one thing that would be good to, to keep, that I need to get, get a hold of before uh, the, all the crazy times happen in the last days? I would say get saved, learn who Jesus is, right? Get, become a Christian, find a relationship with Jesus, however you want to say it. And then I would say probably next is the Holy Spirit, we need to understand him. <laughs> so off where I was going, so off my notes. If I was one who said, I don't have much time, just give me essentials, uh, I would say the ministry of the Holy Spirit is important. Because in, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned, the baptism we talked about, how many times it's mentioned, but the Holy Spirit itself is mentioned 385 times. So that tells me in the chapters, at least probably once every chapter, I don't know how many chapters in the New Testament, but it's pretty important. So I would ask you with this question at this point, I know the answer, so I'm asking it, and then I'm going to answer it, okay. What is the 
baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is being filled with the Holy Spirit? What is that? What is, what is that? Here's the definition in, in a theology book, okay? A theology book I respect very highly, probably the highest respect I have for a theology book. It's called The Foundations of Pentecostal Theology. And it says this, The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a definite experience after salvation where the Holy Spirit comes upon believers to give them power for spiritual service and to live holy. Yeah, I don't know if you were listening. Were you listening? Because I wasn't. I wasn't even listening. I was thinking about something else. If I was thinking about something else, who knows what everyone else. Here's the definition. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a definite experience after salvation where the Holy Spirit, this is based on the, the book of Acts and taking it all into account. This is the definition. Where where the Holy Spirit comes upon believers to give them power for two things, spiritual service and to live holy. The guy that wrote that book, um, he, Duffield and Van Cleve, they were, they were in our church in Florence Avenue. I remember looking at them different times, watching during worship to see how they respond to help me to know what to do too. It was like <laughs> crazy, but anyways. Um, the experience happens throughout the book of Acts, right? using similar verbiage as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But let me un- help you understand. It's not an encounter. Anytime that it happened, at least in the Bible, and we'll use that for our, should, should we use that as our true north? Every time it happened in the Bible, it never was, I wonder if I was baptized with the Holy Spirit or not. I think I was, but I'm not sure. And I find... Just in talking to people, people aren't sure if they've been baptized. They know they've been led by the Spirit. They know they got saved with, by, with the help of the Holy Spirit. They know they've been convicted. But um, Jesus says that we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and then continue, continue to be filled. Be filled with the Spirit. Continued, continual filling. But there's that first experience that happens. It's not an encounter where a person would be unsure. After the disciples received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can for, for sure know that they knew something changed because one day they were scared, terrified to death. Peter, which your name is uh, named after, he was afraid of little girls. There's a little girl at a fire and he was afraid. She said, you know Jesus. And he said, I don't know him. And then when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, after this, it was like 40 days, 50 days later, 50 days, because the word Pentecost means 50 days. So 50 days after Jesus left, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he was a different person because he wasn't hiding behind the doors. He was going outside, and he was preaching in the streets, and 3,000 got saved, the very first speech he ever gave, because he had the Holy Spirit in him. And then, of course, the, the church was launched. I want to ask this other question, that is, what is the baptism? Who is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for? I guess you would know what I would answer to that. It would be for everyone, but I'm going to give you these three uh, specifics. Who is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for? It's for those who've repented of their sins. If you live a life of sin, you live like hell, the Holy Spirit's probably not going to want to be a part of your life. Did you fix it? Oh, it looked like it was working. Oh, go figure. How about that? It's not like, um, it's not like, I forgot what I was saying. 
Do you remember? It, you can't live like hell and then, and then expect the Holy Spirit to baptize you you're in, in your daily life. He's not going to come on you when you're sinning, right? So repent of your sins. Try to live your life without sin for a little bit. As soon as you get the help of the Holy Spirit, he's going to help you not to. Um, number two, those who have been water baptized. Now, this is what the Bible says. Um, often, people were water baptized, and then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus that when, Jesus, when the Holy Spirit came on him, it first came after he got baptized. It literally happened while he was in the water. But then through Acts, different times, people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then they were baptized in water later. There were some that never got baptized with water, but were full of the Holy Spirit, were baptized. So that's not a prerequisite, but it's, off, it's often a good idea to seek everything Jesus asks us to do. He says, I would that you would uh, be baptized in water, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, it's baptism in water is a way to uh, symbolize that you're leaving your old life and going into a new. You could get to heaven without being baptized in water. Let me, let me make sure that you understand that. Jesus isn't going to say, oh, you can't come into heaven because you weren't baptized in water. But it's, but it's helpful. It's because it's being obedient to Jesus. But, the, but you can't live a supernatural life without being baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay? And then lastly, those who have repented, those who have been baptized in water, or not, sometimes it doesn't have to be that way. And then lastly, those who have a deep desire for more of Jesus, and that comes back to us in, as Americans. Do we have a deep desire for Jesus? John uh, uh, Chapter 7, could you put it up there, verse 37 through 39? Jesus um, had given us uh, one of his best sermons in Matthew. He said, blessed are you if you're thirsty. Blessed are you if you are uh, lacking, right? Because then you will be filled. Here again, he says this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me. This was kind of like a prophecy, not something that they could do right away. And drink. I like that it's on its own, own slide. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. What are you talking about, Jesus? We don't understand. And he goes on to say, by this, if you didn't know, he meant the Spirit, capital S, whom those who believed in him would later receive. They would be later to receive this. They would be filled with streams of living water and uh, they would be filled up. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given yet since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. That's what he says about the Holy Spirit when it was poured out. I'm going to close with just one more question and this is kind of borderline um, to nerdy in a way like Booky, but it's also very, very practical, all right? Here's the question. How do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How do I um, be filled in 2021? I want to be filled all the time. We're going to talk in other weeks about how to, um, Paul says, be filled and do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what, how he means that that means to be continually filled every day, asking for more of God. But we're talking about before that, you need to, you need to be baptized as well, right? 
how do, do you receive this in your life? Um, there's no formula. There's no formula. There's no formula. There's no equation, obviously. But here are three principles. And you say, I don't want to listen anymore about this. This is so important. It's so good for you. It's a good review. I'm going to learn from it too, even. All right. There, here's, here's a principle for receiving the Holy Spirit. It comes through persistency. Say the word persistency. Persistent, persistent, persistent. Jesus gave a parable, Luke chapter 11. We're going to look at it real quick. Jesus gave a, gave a parable to his disciples about the Holy Spirit that they would receive. And he says this. He was talking about a man um, asking for bread from his friend. Knock, 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 can I have bread? No, knock, 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 can I have bread? No, knock, knock, knock. And then he goes on to say in the parable, it's just a parable, it's just a story. Verse 8, Luke chapter 11, verse 8, he says, I tell you this, though he won't do it for a friendship's sake, give you a piece of bread, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Sometimes you read this out of context and you don't know what it's talking about. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Verse 9, so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Sometimes I think this is about salvation, but, I, but I'm pretty sure it's just talking about how to receive the Holy Spirit because he says, for everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. I'm going to go to verse 11 now. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? By persistency. Here's another way. By faith. You got to have faith. You got to have faith. You step out and you don't know. You step out and you don't know. The whole walk of Jesus is a step, a walk of faith. Although George Michaels did not know what he was saying when he said, you got to have faith, you do. Verse 11, you fathers, if your children, keep in mind that we're talking about the Spirit, and you're going to see why in a minute. If your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? No. If you ask for an egg, my kids have never asked me for an egg. Must have, kids must have asked for eggs all the time in the Bible, I guess. Do you give them a scorpion? No, of course not, because I've never seen a scorpion. How would I give them a scorpion? My son has a scorpion as a pet at school, at college. He never was allowed at home, but he has one at school. Go figure. And he also has a um, python. He's got a python as a pet, and he's going to get in trouble for it one of these days. <laughs> but you would never give your kid a python if they asked for an egg. No. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give? Put that up there, verse 11, verse 13, if you, if you have it. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, you give them a snake. Go on. Verse 12. Oh, I don't have it. I didn't tell you to get it, I guess. He says, how much more would you give the Holy Spirit? So he's, all of this time, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So you receive the Holy Spirit by... Faith by persistency, and then one I'm going to add to this is by praise, by thanksgiving. Often when the Holy Spirit falls on people just in a, in a supernatural way, it's through worshiping. It's through thanking him for the goodness of God. That's when it happens. Some people say, oh, the Holy Spirit came on me in the shower. It's probably because they were singing or they were being thankful. 
sometimes it just comes unexpectedly. But through praise and thanksgiving is very important. Now, it's, now we need to understand this, okay? Sometimes people get unbalanced about seeking. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want this experience. And if you seek an experience instead of just seeking Jesus, because Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, the baptizer that fully immerses you into his presence, if you don't seek Jesus and you just seek the experience, you might miss. You might miss something. You might not under, You might miss, and you don't even realize you're missing it. I'm sitting here talking about the theology of the Holy Spirit with Bill Middlebrook in the room, and I'm thinking, uh-oh. I was just thinking, I forgot that you were in the room. I hope maybe after you can give me a grade on this. But um, he's, I'm sure he's going to say, you did a great job, brother, because he's encouraging that way. And then he'll tell, he'll tell uh, Juanita, oh, boy, he needs help. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so how do you receive the Holy Spirit? Through persistency, by faith, through praise, and then by yielding to the Holy Spirit. Would you come up? Come on, all, all of you guys, worship team. We need to be closing. And um, I got more to say, and I'm not going to share it today. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. This is one that no one can explain. If I asked each person to get up here and tell me, how do you yield in traffic? You would all give your own definition. And I always make jokes about Colorado Springs because people don't like to yield. Do they? They don't like to yield, especially on powers, especially on the 25, especially anywhere where you can yield. But yielding is something we can't explain. If I talk to people who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and I ask them, well, how did you yield to the Holy Spirit? I've heard uh, people say to me, if I would have known to surrender what it meant to yield, I would have received that baptism, that experience so much longer before I did. But I didn't understand. I wasn't ready. I didn't give him the time. Whatever it is, yielding is so important in the things of God. Yet the things of God confront us, spirituals. Concerning spirituals, I would that you eagerly desire them, Paul said. Instead, we look at spirituals and we look at physical and we say, what's, what's more real? Physical is more real. I don't need spiritual in my life. And Jesus would say, you need me. You need more of me. As a kid, um, I was at a camp. Um, a lady named Florence Espeseth was preaching about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. She called it the Holy Ghost, which the Bible talks about him as the Holy Ghost as well. And I didn't understand what she said. I didn't necessarily perceive spiritual and physical at that point in my life. But I knew what it meant to yield to God because I was a kid. I had no fear. I had no prerequisites. Okay, God, this is what you're going to need to do because this is what I've seen in my life. I had no... Um, expectations except to be expectant because if the whole bread thing if I asked my dad for a piece of bread he would have given it to me yes but how much more would the father give you the Holy Spirit so when they asked us if you want this in your life if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit my experience was 
I said, yeah, I guess. And I walked up to the front of the church, and so did a whole bunch of other eight-year-olds. I was eight. And nine and 10 and 11-year-olds. And I sat there, not for 50 days like the disciples, but I did. I sat there for 30 minutes, probably. Like, I've never prayed 30 minutes in my whole life. And they said, be thankful. Just tell Jesus you're thankful. Tell him you want what he's got for you. And before long, although it did seem like an eternity to me, 30, 30 minutes, um, most people were gone from the service. It, it had ended. They got tired of playing worship songs. They stopped. I was in there with really probably a lot of people, probably 10 other people were praying. And, and I felt, and I'm just going to tell you my experience, I felt like I was baptized in water but it was this Holy Spirit coming on me. Some people don't have the same experience where it felt like water all over my body. And I said, am I flying? I, th- I said, am I flying? Which is kind of just, wouldn't that make sense that I would feel, I just, that's how good I felt. And I couldn't stop worshiping Jesus. And I was speaking in this other language that I didn't have. And I was, and I said, is this all right? I don't know where this came from. Is this all right? They said, just do what you want to do. And I worshiped. And I remember just leaving that place. And you know what? After you've cried, a real good cry, like feel so good. I left that place feeling so good. Like, not that I had a lot of like drug issues or anything at eight years old, but I just felt clean. I walked to lunch that day clean. I felt so so full of the Holy Spirit. And since that day, I've had many days of being empty because I don't think we understand that we need to continually seek more of the Holy Spirit. But that experience was great. That experience was significant. And there's not one uh, event in my life that I would look at more important, to be more important to knowing Jesus is real then even that moment when I was eight, I've seen God do things later, but I go back to that. That was my foundation. So this week, I encourage you, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit like we've talked about, you understand it. Seek more of Jesus. If you've never had that experience and you're skeptical, maybe, I'm going to ask the whole church, everyone watching, If you um, need a place to read this week, in fact, stop where you're reading. And by the end of February, finish the book of Acts. It's the book of the actions of the disciples when the Holy Spirit came on them. Read it. I promise you, it'll it'll help you. And then also, um, try to make it a, a practice to not seek an experience with Jesus or seek an experience with the Holy Spirit, but just seek more of Jesus in your time. Well, I only have 10 minutes here. I don't have 30 minutes. I don't have two hours. What am I going to do? Seek him for those five minutes. Jesus, I need more of you. I need more of you in my life. And as you seek him, you'll find him. 
Acts that we just read about, where he says, if you seek, you knock, the door will be open. I'll give you the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's a gift. Everybody smile. You don't earn it. It's not by being the most mature in the room. It's actually very immature people receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But it'll help you. Would you just make that commitment? I'm not going to say, yes, I see your hand. But would you just make that commitment? Read the book of Acts this month. Don't start on February 27th, because then there's only one day left. Every day, read a chapter. That'd be good. I think you could get through the whole month of Acts if you read one chapter through it. If it does work out that way, it'll be perfect. And then seek more of Jesus. Would you stand with us? sing this song together. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.